I got a question for you. Here's a technology question. Do you guys get that this prompt that shows up every once in a while? It's like, to continue using iCloud, enter your device password. <laughs> Somebody mentioned this recently. I haven't gotten that in years. I've started getting it very regularly, and I don't know what the deal is, because I'll enter the password and be like, there, are you satisfied? And then like a couple weeks later, it'll pop up again. And I saw somebody somewhere saying, well, okay, the way to fix this is to log out of all iCloud on every single device and then log back in. I was like, I think I'd rather yeah. do this. <laughs> I think I'd rather enter yeah. this, this password. There's some real terror associated with locking out of iCloud, isn't there? Like, I don't want to break everything. It should work okay but it is it just feels like an ordeal i don't, I don't know what happens to your photos like your cloud photos well, it doesn't delete anything i mean it's just i don't know yeah i'm not sure okay that's not confidence inspiring <laughs> though, dude like ah, i don't doesn't delete anything but, that's fair. Ah, I don't know. Re- reorganizes them uh alphabetically i don't know yeah. uh roll the bones <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw something like that on Mastodon too. And apparently, like on Mac OS, if it pops up and you and you tap the button to try to go to the settings, it'll just lock up because they haven't re-implemented <laughs> it in like the new settings thing properly. So you have to press later and then manually go to the uh, to the settings thing. It might have been settings. our pal Joe Steele, I think. I may have seen him talking about this. Quite possibly. Because yeah. if there's a problem with... Uh, an Apple device, Joe will find it. That is he's just, got he's got a knack for that. That's yeah. right. Or at least draw your attention to the thing that you've been like, well, it's fine. I just deal with this. And Joe's like, no, this is bad. And I'm going to tell you yeah. about that and bring it to your attention. And he's not wrong. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> of course, he's not wrong. But I don't know. Some days, and I feel like maybe that's not. Maybe that's age, or maybe I'm losing my Mac ass Macness or whatever it is. But like <laughs> Mac ass Some days I just. I have to not care about all other crappy little things and just kind of get my work done. Yeah, so, I I kind of feel like that about system settings. I know we talked about this a year ago. It's like it's not yeah. that it's good and it's not that it shouldn't be fixed, but like there was so much storm on drawing about it for a while that I just got like a yeah, I know. It's bad. Well, I don't Move, let's let's get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't need to sort of deflate your enthusiasm or anything, but a lot of this industry is tempests in a teapot <laughs> and then there's some really big stuff that's the hell you gonna, say gonna mess up society you know <laughs> so like but we treat them all with the same level of urgency at times so it's, it gets a little yeah. weird yeah everything's at 11 all the time all the time yeah this one starts at 11 maybe <laughs> <laughs> we just go from there i don't know there is no top end of this there you go i'm pitching jokes for this spinal tap sequel perfect <laughs> i i would like your advice on a topic unrelated to all of this <laughs> Okay. Um, I, as you know, Dan, uh, and probably Guy does too. He's a regular listener. Um, but I had ordered a second HomePod Mini when I was thinking I was going to go with that as my Mac output. Until really I really thought you were going to say ordered a second Home, and I was going to be like, that is not a problem that I have any familiarity <laughs> with or can help you with at all. Nope. But so I never even unboxed the second HomePod <laughs> Mini because I was like, nope, this is not the right solution. So I'm using this. I think it's a Creative Air 2 as my Mac output, and it's working great. What's the issue you having latency? Yeah, so when I yeah. was trying with HomePod Minis, the the latency was just terrible, yeah. um, particularly on video calls, which I spend a lot of time doing. 
And because it's because of how bad the latency is, it also makes the echo really bad for the other person. Like the mm. noise cancellation doesn't work as well because of that delay. So it was just oh, it just didn't make any sense. Oh, that's so, so bad. It's not just you adapting, you're asking the person that you're exactly. dealing with it's like that sucks. Yeah. So the question is, I still have this HomePod mini unopened in its not even in its box but in the box it shipped in from apple i'm still within my return window is there any reason to keep a second home pod mini i feel like we discussed no this last for? week and the answer was just send it back i mean okay I, I don't know if we ever came to a conclusion but i think i'm just gonna have to send it back i think that's the i move. mean if you don't have another use for it why would you keep it i guess is the question i mean give it to one of your kids yeah i don't like the or, or no, have them like break a pool cue and fight over it or something i don't i don't know how to raise children it is an interesting <laughs> question on the kids because so no, each of my kids it. had a had a sono speaker in their room and okay. one of okay, them had so. a Sonos that had um, echo integration, and the other two didn't. And the one of the two that doesn't never uses the speaker anymore. They used to like use the app, but now they just kind of rely on playing music on their phone, either on their phone speaker or on AirPods. And so maybe it's a good gift for them, right? Like maybe if they're maybe. like more of a Siri person than an Echo person, that's that's the move. I'm intrigued. Yeah, could be. It also functions as a. Uh uh, not a walkie-talkie. Maybe they call it walkie-talkie. Intercom. Uh, intercom is what they they call it. Uh, do you remember in the eighties when that was a rage when you'd have intercoms built into your house? hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I always thought that, that was, was awesome. so yeah. cool. And it, my house yeah. was never big enough for that to matter. Like my parents could shut up the stairs and it's fine. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very few houses that you actually need that. And if you do, you've probably got somebody that you could just pay to run over and tell. That's them. right. <laughs> That's the butler is for. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very much of the age where like the odometer in our car would be digital and a wrap rather than like a. You know, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, that, those mm-hmm. LCD, 8 bit LCD things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but your HomePod mini could work like a, like, I don't know, in your in your museum wing. Like I, maybe I you could do, have an intercom, you know? I so do you, like yeah. the intercom approach. So we like have all these in the family room and tell people to come for dinner. Or well, I, I, you know? I literally do this today with Echo, right? The, the command, oh, okay. I'm just trying to avoid the word, but like if you say, you know, hey, you broadcast and then a message. It oh, records okay. that message and then broadcasts it. However, it doesn't work on the the Sonos Play One or whatever whatever the one uh, is that has the Echo integration. Like that one, one doesn't yeah. get it. Um, the Sonos One, yeah, and um, but and then not everybody has a like. Does does the intercom functionality with Siri does it only work with HomePods? Does it go to their phones no, too? No, it does go to. I believe it goes to other devices, but I think you have to enable it. I got to figure that out. Yeah, I think it's in the home app. Um, there is a button. Oh, I yeah, hit the speaking of confusing button. settings. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Again, yeah, I agree. I don't know what controls. Oh, yeah, now it's playing over my HomePod. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it lists intercom with HomePod. And it says anyone with remote access can send or receive intercom communications while away from the home, which suggests if it works away from the home, then it probably works on more things than the HomePod. Yeah, yeah. it gets so real loud. Yeah. I'm putting on my calendar to research intercom stuff. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't need it, send it back, right? Like, ultimately, yeah. it's just going to be one more thing plugged into your house gathering dust. There is one more thing. That's, it, what is that one more thing? <laughs> I don't know. No, no that's, that's well. a great idea. <laughs> Man, I was so happy to tee you up for an ad read, and you just... <laughs> no, it's too early for an ad read. <laughs> guy guy is way nicer than the rest of us who just, like, <laughs> tee you up? What? That's the thing we're supposed to be doing? I don't know. I forgot. I'm still new to podcasting. 
You forgot this show is run on a shoestring budget and we don't know what we're doing from week to week? I, I forgot we tried to throw the baseball into people's faces rather than actually try to play the game the way it should be played. Yeah, <laughs> That's how you get people out, I think. Isn't that? No? Okay. Yeah, that's Dan. Dan's the guy standing in front of the net spiking the ball into your face every time you try to bump it over the net. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's been a quiet couple weeks for Apple news stuff just because it feels like we're in that a little bit of a lull in like pre WWDC. Today there was a bunch of stuff yeah. from like people talking about uh, Ross Young, who's display guy, he does like analyst display stuff, was talking about all these things he was predicting based on like, you know, supply chain display stuff. Um, there's like a rumored. There's like a rumored uh, LED, like a, a mini LED 27-inch display that was supposed to be like even nicer than the studio display and maybe either like a pro display or a replacement or something that goes in between the two. And then like <clears throat> it's literally was – it's alive. It's dead. It's alive. It's dead. So <laughs> nobody knows what's happening with that. Uh, but if so, it doesn't look like it would show up probably before uh, 2024 or 2025. So – I, Do you think so much, they need a no, new display? I don't, I don't. I don't know who that's for. Right. The studio display is already expensive. The pro yeah, display is like it really it's is. Like, yeah. It's for pro, right? Like it really is something that presumably pros are going to want. There's a lot of pricing yeah. ground in between there, but I don't know who's like I need a twenty five hundred dollar monitor that's better than the studio display, but not pro level. <laughs> right. That's a weird window. Like I, niche, I already, yeah. yeah. I couldn't convince myself to buy a pro display. I mean, I tried. And then, but it was just so dumb. But you had it's some dumb. good counter arguments is what you're saying. Well, this was after the studio display came out because I, I bought it with my Mac studio. Uh, and I was debating, well, I'm already paying an, absorb, like, an exorbitant amount of money. Maybe <laughs> maybe if I spend more money, that will fulfill <laughs> me more. That's the solution. Maybe I'll feel happier about myself. I don't know. Bigger numbers. Uh, yeah, it turned out I felt happy slash sad enough about myself with just the studio display. The pro display is for real pro stuff, right? It doesn't even have a camera. The studio display has a controversial camera that works fine. I don't, I don't again, I think... Dan likes tempest. it. If Dan likes it, I'm happy. It's fine. Well, it's I think it's a little bit of a tempest in the teapot kind of thing, right? It's not great, but... No, it, but it's, it's it, not if, really, if yeah. you're just on Zoom calls, it's fine. Yeah, it's something in if, the If you're doing, like, yeah. Twitch streaming or something, right, you probably have a better camera anyways. <laughs> Could it be yeah. better? It could be better. Absolutely. But for yeah. what it does, it is perfectly fine. Right. And there's the continuity camera thing for if you want that extra right. zhuzh on top of it. Um, maybe the panels for IMAX? But That's an interesting... Knows. Yeah. I think there is something interesting about that. Because there's this weird you know, uh, distribution of technology, display technology in particular, right? Because like, there are... Mm-hmm. Was it the high-end iPads, right, to have mini LED displays? I think the, I think the only, maybe only the iPad, the 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 12.9-inch one? Yeah, like the leading-edge one. Like, not the flagship one, like the uh, the, the NX2000, the, the, the Excelsior point, version yeah. of the... Yeah. <laughs> Referencing knowledge. Uh, t- the 12.9-inch, I think, has the, the mini LED display. Um, but that's it. And then some of them have all, like, ProMotion, right? Like the 11 inch yeah. iPad Pro, which is the one I have, also has it has ProMotion, but not the mini LED display. I don't think any of the yeah. laptops yet have mini LED display yet, which you would also think would get show up there before showing up on a 27 inch 
iMac, I guess, because like the laptops are much more popular. But then again, maybe you have to make them in volume, and it would make them too expensive. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I forget the exact manufacturing process of that stuff too. Like, effectively, you got to find a sheet of these things that are all printed yeah. out that have no dead pixels in them, and then sort of cut them out. That is super layman. Don't please don't take that to Wikipedia because you will find me shockingly wrong. <laughs> but that's the general don't idea. Don't take right? them like, to you display need to, court. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like printing out uh, chips, right? Like, you've got a giant wafer, and then you pick out the ones that are actually good. By the way, when um, they say wafers, it always makes me hungry every yeah. time. Ooh, wafers. <laughs> yeah, they look all nice and gold and yeah. toasty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it could just be, like, uh, you know, there's a couple of things. For iPads, you need so much more, so many more of them. It's crazy. For iMacs, I don't, I mean, do we know how many iMacs? Well, I'm sure somebody does. But uh, I'm going to guess drastically less than you need iPad screens. Yeah, larger, but fewer. Larger, but you could get away with it, right? Yeah. yeah. So it would depend on maybe the uh, the process. I'm trying to think exactly how it gets all worked out. But yeah, it, I think if you some technology works better at larger sizes. That's all. Like me. Or at least in volume. Well, I mean, because you get... Everything costs a lot more money, right? The, the bigger it is, the more money it's going to cost type thing. Uh, in t- just in terms of, like, if you're paying X micro pennies per pixel type of thing, it's going to add up. But the way that they do iPads means that you need so many, so much more that maybe your error rate ramps up so much more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's tolerances are higher. Yeah. yeah. You're printing all of these things out. So if you print out more, you're, you're, like the error rate may go up. I agree. So as we think about these, uh, Dan, you were making the point a minute ago that there've been these announcements like, or, or these rumors, this is going to happen now. It's not going to happen. This is going to be like, I, I feel like we've seen a lot of those in this lead up to WWDC. And there's like a bunch of, they're changing who's going to manufacture their headsets and the headsets are going to do this, or they're not going to do this, or they're going to put a touchscreen on AirPod cases, or they're not going to do that. Like, is this normal Apple rumor milling? Or is this like, a disinformation campaign or is this like traditional confusion? I think, what's, what's I think there's a couple things happening here. One of which is I think there are more people playing in this sandbox with more sources than there used to be. And part of that mm-hmm. is just because Apple makes such the volumes are so high. There's so much there's so many parts to the supply chain that people find like little like you know people talking to like specializing in display stuff right like that's a whole section of the supply chain and then there's people who talk to other people elsewhere in the supply chain right like just there are so many people involved in the manufacture of these products because there are so many of them that i think there are more leaks but again the problem there is because the way apple supply chain works is so distributed um yeah that you only ever see part of the story, right? So people yeah. are only ever making analysis based on their little <laughs> peek into that world. And I think there's also yeah, that... the blindfold and the elephant thing, right? right? exactly. Like, and then the, can quite tell the, us. Yeah. The, the corollary to that too, I think, is that we're at a tricky place for Apple right now, just macroeconomically because of the supply chain problems that have been had and all of the ups and downs of the economy over the last few years that there are a lot of things where it's like, so yeah, products have gotten delayed um, because they just couldn't hit those timetables. We've seen factory closures, et cetera. We've seen weird economic effects from like, there's this report that was out, I want to say last, within the last week, uh, about 
cutting back on uh, about like PC shipments falling and also Mac, like some Mac shipments falling and therefore they like ramped down some of the processor production because they basically were going to have way too many um, mm-hmm. because essentially lots of people bought computers in the pandemic. And as the pandemic has waned a bit, those numbers like went up and then went way back down because everybody wanted one, got one. Um, So, you know, all of those things combined, there are all these factors that are playing into like making this very uh, turbulent, I think right now in terms of trying to suss out what exactly is happening Mm -hmm. when. So will there be a headset announced (laughs) WWC or put on sale sometime soon after WWC? Like what, what's your headset prediction for WWE? My headset prediction based on basically nothing other than, you know, what I, what I read <laughs> on the, the rumor crafts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is I think it will definitely happen. There's enough smoke that there's fire backed up there. And at this point, I don't know what else they would be talking about because it seems like all the decks got cleared for this. So otherwise they'd be like, I, and I, I wrote my column, I do a you know monthly column over at Six Colors called the Back Page, and my my it's it's a humorous column, uh, and I was talking about like you know Craig and and uh, Jeff Williams showing up to Tim and being like Tim we, we got nothing <laughs> like we pushed the headset back and there's nothing to talk about we can't even fill thirty <laughs> minutes at WWDC, but I I kind of feel like that might be the case otherwise right like if you got a whole big chunk of stuff not only devoted to this as a product but also as a platform and then moreover. All the stuff they talk about rollout for like, you know, videos at WWC for developers, right? Talking about sure to be a huge chunk of that this year. That is, here's how to develop. Here are the technologies we're using. Here's how to use those technologies to make your apps for this platform. And if but you, so you're not thinking, here's a device that's going on sale with a specific date, I but more like think, here's a product we are announcing. And so developers start getting ready and this comes out in a year. I think it's less than that. I think it's like the fall, basically. I mean, I think it's it's more of a corollary to like, the first generation iPhone, the first generation Apple Watch, the first generation iPad, all of which were announced several months before they actually shipped because you can get away with doing that the first time you launch a product. Mm -hmm. And this, because it's positioned at WWDC, gives a chance for developers to work on apps in the meantime so that if it ships later this fall, for example, um, they'll say, and here's what the developers have been doing for the last four months with all the information we gave them. So we can use that to like, you know, they're going to do a whole nother presentation, right? Like they did with the Apple Watch. Remember where they announced the Apple Watch and then six months later when they shipped the Apple Watch, they did another event talking about how great yeah. the Apple Watch was. I expect to see it kind of follow that pattern where they roll it out as a preview and then spend the next six months like having stuff worked on and then maybe, you know, roll it out in the fall and talk about some, rehash a lot of stuff and then maybe talk about other stuff that has developed over the course of it. But I I, I don't see it like going, going on sale that week because... I don't know who would buy it. <laughs> Maybe that's just James. Me. James would buy it. James would buy it. Yeah, he, he's, I think he said he's not going. He, he was debating it because he's had the, he's some eye problems, I know. So mm. he was not sure. But maybe <laughs> one of us will buy one. We'll share it. We'll, see, we'll ship it back and forth. Everybody gets their week with the headset. <laughs> Join custody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, earlier, Guy was trying to team me up for an ad read. And I was like, no, it's too soon. But I realized you're so smooth at this, man. (laughs) In retrospect, I was like, you know what? It's never too soon to talk about Zocdoc. And this episode of the Rebound (laughs) is brought to you by Zocdoc. Uh, When someone is exceptionally good at what they do, like Dan at podcasting, or you know, a waiter, a chef, a doctor, you know, you're in good hands. It's like when you see a waiter balance five trays of sizzling fajitas on one arm, you're confident in that waiter. When you find the right doctor, you can feel it. You feel heard. 
and at ease. On ZocDoc, finding the doctor that's right for you is seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. I, indeed, am one of the millions of ZocDoc users because I love not having to call places, and I, I hate my insurance company's website. So I can use the ZocDoc app to be like, hey, show me doctors with this specialty that take my insurance, and it just does it. And then I can book it right there in the ZocDoc app. Pretty fantastic. So if you're making a doctor appointment, you, my dear friend, should use ZocDoc. Surprise twists might work for podcasts, like where's Moltz, but maybe not for medical <laughs> care. With ZocDoc, there are no alarms and no surprises. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care you need. Go to ZocDoc.com rebound and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com rebound, ZocDoc.com rebound. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show. And every time we talk about ZocDoc, I hear um, Daryl Hammond as Al Gore on SNL talking about Lockbox. And I hear him saying ZocDoc. So <laughs> that's what's in my head every time I do one of those. ZocDoc. It's a very particular reference. I dig it. <laughs> We're all of an age. It's fine. Now, I've been, I've been posing some questions to you both. But it turns out, Dan and Guy, that many, many Rebound Prime listeners have submitted questions. Uh, would it be okay if we went through some of those? Sure. I'm not okay. feeling it. Okay, Sorry. never mind. Call it off. <laughs> Shut the Sorry. whole thing down. Yeah. Uh, if you, too, want to be part of Rebound Prime, it's prime.reboundcast.com. Uh, listener Nathan Clegg said, I recently learned about the USB charger spy camera mm. product category. The USB charger spy camera product category. It's an interesting technology, but I can't come up with any non-creepy uses for them. Can you come up with any non-creepy uses for them? <laughs> Would you buy or use one of these? Nathan, I'm sure you are a decent human. It feels to me like you're looking for us to come up with an excuse for why you should buy one so you can explain to other people, no, this is totally non-creepy, and then use it for creepy things. <laughs> so just so you know, that's the vibe of your Lex, question. Lex told me it was okay. Lex told me it was okay. <laughs> I, I actually think these are super and if you're not familiar like they look like you know the mini bricks for charging iphones or whatever and they have little cameras in them that you can so that's what it sounds on. like yeah, yeah. Okay. that it does what cool. it says on the tin and the tin is really creepy yeah, yeah i think that's reasonably creepy like what but, are you gonna do watch your cat walk around the room right like it's it's no. the best case scenario is nanny cam and yeah. even nanny cam in general is it's already creepy. slightly creepy i <laughs> find that real creepy yeah i don't yeah. like first of all if you're hiring somebody to look after your kids you better you know Nanny cam is probably not a great idea. It says Second, that you haven't you're done your do research it, at that point. Just exactly, yeah. Which is maybe whatever. People are rushed. Maybe it's not always the thing. But if you're going to do it, you you should definitely disclose such to your right to the person that you're surveilling, even if it is in your house. You know. Uh, so yeah, I guess creepy. if you were really worried about people breaking into your house, but at that point, like, just have a normal camera. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't have to be hidden. Right. It doesn't actually. I worry. I don't know the last time I stayed in an Airbnb, but I definitely worry about all these kinds of things in Airbnbs. And there's other cameras you can't see too, probably. It's super creepy. So there, there's yeah. no reason to have a camera that, that's, that, that is that creepy. To Guy's point, if you need to have a nanny cam style thing, it should be a big visible camera that you can say, hey, here's my camera. Unless you're going to spy on someone who's spying on you. Mm. <laughs> and now now on Netflix. Is, it is kind of an interesting question. Why does this exist? Part of me feels that it exists because it can exist and therefore money. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, it, 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 it appeals to humanity's worst but predictable impulses, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably reasonably cheap to make. You get like a wide angle fisheye lens, I'm going to guess. 
stick it in there. It's relatively cheap. It's clearly got power. Uh, does it record locally or over the? Why am I asking more? <laughs> give me, well, give it's available with Give me the breakdown on this because I'm kind of now, now I'm kind of curious about it. Uh, whatever. It feels like one of those things that you can do, so you do it, and you're like, yeah, somebody's going to buy this, and you haven't stopped to think about like, is this actually Should something you? I want to put into yeah. the world? Or if you have, you don't care. I don't. Like, I used to see these advertised. I was going to say, I used to see these advertised on Instagram and I thumbs them down or, or reported them or whatever enough times that I don't get those ads anymore. But yeah, they every ad looks super creepy. It, it, they make Man. it look like it's recording locally. It's recording it's on a, the device and then you plug okay. it in. There's something about... Well, I guess that's a little better because you can't like stick it in somebody's dorm room and like film them. I guess, you know what I mean? Like You can't surreptitiously uh, stick yeah. it there and ha- like pick it up over the internet. You have to actually go retrieve it. Which is maybe a little better, I guess. But anyway, uh, so Nathan, for some crazy. reason, as get, soon get as you mentioned Insta- as soon as you mentioned Instagram, they know who their audience is. It's like <laughs> it's you know jealous young people or old people or like people like there's it's fueled by fear and yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, that's never a good thing. That that way you get like spikes on your head and a double sided red lightsaber it's no good it's <laughs> well, and we've, just, path. we've discussed this in the past too with like amazon had that has a like drone thing that flies around your house and i feel like there is such a culture yeah. of shipping like basically like you said appealing to fear and appealing to the idea that you are not safe even in your own home you are not safe therefore buy this product to make you safer and i think that is yeah kind of despicable personally but <laughs> yeah i think there's a particular brand of that culturally in North America, but in particular yes. America, with gun gun culture and stuff, and mm-hmm. like defending your own domain and all of this weird uh, uh, survivalist—they're not called survivalists. Those people, Mil- militia useful. men, <laughs> militia men type uh, preppers. That's what I'm thinking of, which is close to a survivalist, but with probably some Nazi paraphernalia. I don't know. <laughs> like there, there's a there is this sort of deep seated notion that like. To be a manly man, I've got to defend my house, which means spying on my teenage babysitter type thing. Like it, you go down weird dark paths. And no, I think this whole product category, I don't see any real purpose for it. Uh, probably shouldn't have it. So no, don't <laughs> so buy one we've of those. answered this question a lot. Yeah, <laughs> listener right here asks. If I want to listen on people who don't know I'm listening to them. No, that's not what it says. Uh, here asks, do you have bands you can no longer listen to? Once we learn more about the artists and all the bad things they've done, isn't it hard to enjoy their work? Am I the only one who has trouble separating the art from the artist uh, once they cross a je ne sais quoi border? For example, Aerosmith are basically unlistenable now. Lennon is part of the Beatles is still okay. Shrug emoji. I don't know what Aerosmith did. I don't think I, I don't either. Know. Um... He's still mad about uh, Liv Tyler being in that Hulk movie. <laughs> um, what did Aerosmith do? I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm, I mean, I'm looking up to Steven Tyler. Am I going to regret this? Quite possibly something awful. I have no idea, but I haven't heard of it. Um, that did come up recently for us on Biff. Uh, again, man, I feel like we've got no pleasant topics this time. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Majors was sort of credibly accused of having... Um, assaulted his partner uh and dan correct me on this because i don't want to be wrong he was actually arrested right like they, he was, was arrested there is yeah i mean the case is still ongoing obviously case is still, so. like, i don't want to make any conclusions and all that but it, it got to the point where he's actually arrested uh meanwhile he's <laughs> in all of our dumb superhero movies that we like to watch separating the art from the artist uh 
I don't know. I struggle with this. The, I'm it's reading stuff about Steven Tyler, and it's terrible. Um, oh, have you? But, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's he's at least um, accused of having engaged in a sexual relationship with somebody when she started when she was 16 years old, back in the mid-70s. Um, oh, God. What is with these movies? I was about to yeah. th- rattle off a whole bunch of 70s movie makers, but yeah, guess what? All of them, I guess. So I don't think there's a great answer. Like, I was just actually talking about yesterday how everybody kind of just ignores the fact that John Lennon was really seemingly in many ways a garbage human <laughs> um and uh i get it because beatles music is good but that's i agree with you here with your your questions structure that this is an odd thing that we're okay with um the one that i struggled with for years was moxie fruvis a band mm-hmm. who i had owned every album of and then it turned out that one of the members of the band was really a human garbage person who lives with guy in canada not with guy but in canada anyway so wow the- <laughs> I was so lovely to you before the show started. You were, no, okay. this, I'm I taking the gloves off, baby. Like we're you, going also at it. Canadian. But yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, and then I decided, well, I can listen to the music that I already own because they're not making any more money from it. But I can't listen. I can't listen to it like streaming because then I'm continuing to get money for this band, which has bad people in it. Um, mm. It's like, can you continue to read and enjoy Harry Potter if you don't like J.K. Rowling? And um, one of my kids was like, well, I think we can still like the books that we have, but I don't know that I want to continue to wear any of my Harry Potter merch that I owned and liked, even though we already own it and have already paid for it because it's sending a signal to other yeah. people that maybe I don't care about them. And I was like, yeah, that's, I that's, that's a tough one. That's a good, I mean, the that end is, of the day. That's a great kid. Yeah, it's a, that's that. a very uh, enlightened, I think it's a sophisticated yeah. situation. Great like, job. I, I, I agree. I think, I here's the Fundamentally, I think everybody has to make this decision for themselves, right? What, because you have to decide what your level of comfort is and where your own moral compass lies when it comes to these things. Uh, what doesn't help that, unfortunately, is, is as you said, like a lot of people are going to make judgments about you based on what your decision was, <laughs> which is what complicates this matter. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you, Lex. I I've often feel uncomfortable. This comes up for me a lot with books. I think there's definitely writers who... I think of somebody like Orson Scott Card, who is um, famously yeah, wrote uh, Ender's Game, which is a fantastic book. He is a terrible person. And yeah. I would certainly never, I, I basically never read anything else by him uh, after I sort of finished that series and had discovered that point. Like, oh, this this guy, not great. Um, yeah, didn't that start seeping into his work, though? It became sort of more and more fascistic. Certainly, you could make that reading. But again, as reading it as like a teenager, right. early 20 or something, yeah. I think it didn't really click for me for a while. And especially at that age, obviously, we also didn't have as much. The internet was not as developed. Right. And, uh, you know, certainly information like this, while it was known, was not always as readily available as it is now, where you can just look somebody somebody up in their Wikipedia entry and be like, oh, yes, this person is bad. Um, yeah. They also didn't sell as many tiki torches, right? Not that the <laughs> not that the sentiment wasn't there, but right. it wasn't quite so but, overt, right? Yeah. And I and I think, you know, the other challenge with it too is the and this is getting into a much larger uh cultural question, is we kind of tend to treat all transgressions as equal, which is not, I think, an entirely healthy way to handle that. There are people yeah. who really do terrible acts, and at that point, yeah, it's like these people do terrible things. Um, and we should probably stop supporting them. And then there are people who have either said things that are bad, which is also bad, but is, I argue, perhaps not always at the same level as committing heinous personal acts. Uh, and then there's people who legitimately make mistakes and do things and then try to, yeah. you know, recover or apologize or learn and get better. 
And a lot of times we don't really, you know, we basically throw those people out like the baby with the bathwater. Uh, all yeah. of that's a very challenging distinction to make. And I right. struggle with it as I think we all do. And I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, right? It's not like when they cross this line, <laughs> that is when I stop consuming everything they do and, you know, et cetera. Like, I think, like I said, it's a personal decision and it's going to, you're going to have to make your own judgments on this. And relying on other people to make judgments for you about it is probably also not a great way to handle it because now Until you're you just in a spickle in the first place yeah right? you're just like doing you, things yeah. other people are telling you to do at that point so well you're offloading your own introspection and, and yes exactly and stuff, your own which is potential but i still appreciate the question from here yeah <laughs> oh wait wait, wait. Damn no, no, I, no no i don't mean that at all and, and I, I think it's a great question that you could do a whole episode on this i do think that there is a distinction between it being able to judge art uh based on its merits i suppose as distinct from the artist uh, in as much as like you can tell a, a well like an incredibly well directed movie or piece of music or album uh, may just be incredible like it may be groundbreaking and amazing and then behind the scenes the artist is a dick I don't think that that necessarily means that the work is bad I think the work remains the same I think what is uh, what the question is here isn't like does that work suddenly get bad clearly it doesn't it hasn't changed uh it's whether you feel uh empowered to be a fan of the creator and i think those are two distinct things right i think uh you can dispassionately find something like incredibly well done while keeping in the back of your mind that like well the creator is bad uh i think harry potter block books sort of are like that at the, like yeah, you know, there was a lot of hidden. I mean, I don't like the way they treat the elves in that either. Like, there's a lot of weird coded stuff in there that's like not. I do not great, but I do think like you can tell a good song or a good movie, and it is good and it stands by itself. Whether you enjoy it the same way is a is a different question. Like, there's plenty of things I enjoy that stink. Like Dan and I talk about them all the time on our stupid <laughs> on our superhero show. Uh, I, but there's some really really great things that I've got troubles with. Uh, the actual creators I still think they're great but I enjoy them less I suppose no I, I, my, I totally yeah. get that and I, I I'm really thinking about Dan's point because I, I agree with this notion that if somebody makes a mistake and you feel like they're adequately apologetic for it or that they're attempting mm -hmm. to move on or learn like that, that I'm okay with that depending on to Dan's earlier point what the original transgression was like right. you murder somebody yeah. and then you're sorry I'm probably still pretty mad at you for being a murderer but if you hold a bad viewpoint and then can have your mind changed like and like my go-to example is extreme and I'm getting a little bit off topic here or extra off topic but I was so disappointed as a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan when they had signed uh, a post-jail Michael Vick who oh had, you know been convicted I didn't of, even hear that oh, that would uh, make me sad yeah, this this was years ago, but he had been convicted, yeah. you know, of of, of you know dog fighting. dog fighting and and yeah. have, killing dogs and and all that stuff. But he served his time, and so I was, then the Eagles signed him, and I'm like, well, that's my team. So, and if any other team had signed him, I would have no room in my heart for forgiveness, which is a failing of my own. But yeah. the point that the Eagles kind of made was, uh, he served his time. He grew up in a. Uh, so, you know, in a neighborhood in a town where dogfighting was the norm, uh, and old relativism gets you every time, though. Right, but, and yeah. he learned all about it, and now he like actively advocates for dog safety organizations. He, you know, is does all kinds of PSA work and public work about don't engage in dogfighting. He's an educator on this topic. Like he really did. Like I said, he served his time, 
owned up to it and then tried to turn around like like okay yeah so i can i can i can root for him which i did uh he was great um but yeah i i do think that like once you've served your time there there's there's a different discussion i would love it if the eagles had their behind the scenes staff made up of (laughs) ex-cons too because i've got a feeling they don't uh which sort of puts lie to their let's rehabilitate these people kind of, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. I don't know that for a fact. That's just a guess, you know. But, uh, I was going to say the other I, good example is um, we on this show used to have a frequent catchphrase <laughs> that we discontinued <laughs> because we decided, since it was borrowed from a song, uh, and we... Is it Guy is Right? Is that what <laughs> That was it. Yeah. And we decided oh, cool. Guy was not always right. And we Was were that from say, a song? I have no idea where that was from. All of a sudden, I dropped it on Biff, and like John's like, no, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. So the phrase was "It's been a while." It's from yeah. the song "Stained." It's for the band, the band "Stained." The, right, the band "Stained" from the song of the same name. It's, it's been a while, um, and that the lead singer sucks. Yeah, and I think <laughs> okay. what makes a difference there is also like a we decided we did not like that guy. I think largely it was a political thing. Like, yep, yeah, uh, and we're like, yep, we don't agree with that guy politics, and therefore we're not going to use that phrase on the show anymore, even though it was a joke. And also, what also made the difference was literally have never listened to another song by the band. So right. I didn't feel like right. I'm a big fan yeah. of them. It was just like a yeah, I knew that song because it got a lot of radio play in like the mid 2000s or whatever. Yeah. So oh, I there. just realized I, I screwed up recently. I uh, on the Biff account, I tweeted something about Warren Beatty and uh, Dick Tracy, and I'm like, man, Warren Beatty's the best. And I just get a text from him being like, can we take that down? That's not right. Uh, only to find out, guess what? He'd been in films in the 70s and had. <laughs> inappropriate relations with like 16 year old type thing basically everybody's terrible i yep. think is what we're learning I think basically everybody's it. terrible yeah except for us you can trust so i'm all sorry to right. asterisk yeah we we dragged the show into it honestly we that's a great question this episode yeah no i think that's a great question i think it's uh, i think ultimately it comes down to you and the artist and, and the relationship that you want to have with the art now i am uh, going to admit yeah. right on this podcast i did once date a 16 year old but i was also 16 at the time if that's any consolation son of a uh, well, yeah. so listen, we have some less depressing questions. Yeah, Dan M., who is not Dan Morin, asks, if you could design your own restaurant, what cuisine would it serve? Would it be fancy, Ooh. casual, or have a specific theme? What would you name the restaurant, and would you serve malts? And the answer to that last part is no. Like, you don't eat malts. <laughs> he is a man who deserves to live his life. Malts I'm is not going to serve him to my customers. Um, oh, you meant would malts be? Yes, of course serve, malts would be welcome to my restaurant. malts is the classic story. <laughs> uh Oh, man, this is great. I don't. It's great. I don't know. There, like, there's so many types of food I like, and I don't feel like I'm necessarily the best representative slash ambassador for most of these things. Like, I love like Asian cuisine, Thai food, Chinese food, Japanese food, fusion food. I I don't think I'm the right person to have that restaurant, so I'm going to leave that for somebody else. Um, man, you know what? There was a really good around here. There's a really great um, deli, like a Jewish deli. That like makes like you know classic. I, I used to go to these growing up. Like my dad would take me to these like classic Jewish delis in the area, and like there aren't that many of them in in Boston, anyways anymore. Yeah. And there is like one that's like super upscale, and they're pretty good. But like I feel like I could do with some more. So like you know a place that serves like a great <laughs> like a like a Reuben or like a, a you know yeah. a really great corned beef sandwich and some of the, all the like typical deli food offerings. I don't know. That's that that's just hitting the spot for me right now. The three things that popped into my head were one, like a super upscale steakhouse. But I also, even though I, you know, I probably go to one of those maybe once a year with some friends and they're so expensive <laughs> um, yeah. that I resent them. Um, 
then there's like somewhat recently in the past six to eight months a place opened up very close to me that's a smoked meats place oh. and they like they open around they, they get into the restaurant around six in the morning each day to start smoking everything and then open for lunch and dinner and until they run out of food for the day i uh, love the places love that place. were like no we just ran out of food like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. it's annoying but i really do I love respect it. that like, no we just yeah man, i'd probably do that my third bucket was a fried chicken place but man that's so bad for you lex if you <laughs> open a smoked meats place it should be called what are you smoking Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've been, uh, I haven't even admitted this to my closest friends, but I've been watching Top Chef again, like mm. from the top. I just work with Top Chef on. Uh, I don't know why I like that show. The earlier seasons are just insanely bad reality TV. And like later on, I think they just start focusing more on cooking and less about interpersonal BS. Uh, I, I would open. Uh, like a like a gastro pub bar kind of thing. Nice, small, few small appetizers, some good hearty meals. I don't know, like a duck breast, some potatoes, maybe bangers and mash type thing. But like fancied up with like appetizers and stuff that you can. Thank God I have lunch after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm actually excited about that now. Maybe if, I'll if find it, some place to go tonight. <laughs> I don't think I would call mine. What are you smoking? By the way, because it is open to molts, I think I would call it uh, smoltsy tasking. I think that's what I would call it. <laughs> there is so much happening in that name. Uh, possibly well, your too deli much. could just be called Schmaltz instead of Schmaltz. Mm, I like that. That's good. Speaking of Schmaltz, uh, listener Yitz says, if the rebound had a rivalry with another podcast, which would it be and why? <laughs> what would it take to escalate from rivalry to all-out war? I think it would be good for member growth. I feel like this question's come up. A podcast I, war would probably be like an even lamer version of that fight from Anchorman. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, except that was none of us look, look like fight. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Mm. There are so many options for, for people we could fight with. I don't, I don't know that I want to fight with anybody. Um, I feel like... My rivalry would hands down be with Biff. Like, that's... I see, that's... that's, that's, that's <laughs> that so it's basically just of, Lex versus Guy at that point. <laughs> no, no. I like, I like that both of you just also team up on me. It's just last man standing <laughs> style. Everybody yeah. against guy uh i mean obvious choices include we should just pick one of the other three dude tech podcasts out there just so we're evenly matched right like right. yeah shotgun casey uh yeah <laughs> no i got tips um <laughs> syracuse is tall he's got reach you got to watch out for that I and mean, he's not that tall but he's like he's, he's wiry he's got that yeah but let's <laughs> think of it like a rat beef rather than actual physical okay battle, all right right sure Ooh. uh i don't think anybody's winning a rap beef between six white guys <laughs> Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, the truth is, I love all my guests. Yes. I do. I, I honestly, I'm pretty good friends with most of the people on most of these shows that you listen to. I'm trying to think of one that would be a funny match for Rebound. Because uh, you guys are all funny. And it's lighthearted. Oh, and it's I think the as... rivalry has to be with one of the other podcasts called The Rebound. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a good call. Is there one? Yes, oh, there's God. at least two or three. Uh, at least according to last time I asked an AI this question, it picked every <laughs> other podcast called The Rebound before it described ours. There's one that's about supply chains. I think we should, I think we should have beef with them. Yes, that is a funny one. Lex, I, I can't believe you didn't flex your podcasting godfather powers and just <laughs> knife all of these rebounds i couldn't even eliminate the lex friedman podcast which is yeah well yeah god, god i'm so feel so sorry for you uh, uh it's the worst uh josh wants to know what's the one thing your kids can do that you wish you could i'm especially intrigued for your both of your answers to this question <laughs> shit in his pants um yeah. just, just puke all over my wife that's what i wish i could for, do that 
I was going to say, like, like easily stick his foot in his mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? I that's, don't know. That's a it's weird kink, man. That's do. a real weird I, kink. I, Not to kink shame you. I actually think the, the best answer is, I wish my life was such that I got like, oh, you know, I get to take a couple naps every day. I get right. carried around and fed. Like, all of that sounds fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> uh, I wish I had my son's musical talent. Um, he's incredible. He can learn any instrument very quickly and is really good. This feels like a real monkey paw question happening here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my other two both have are, are really incredible artists, and I cannot draw at all, and I wish I could draw like they could. So that's what mm. I'll go with. Yeah, my, uh, I don't want to call her my stepdaughter because we're not married yet. My, my, my girlfriend's daughter, uh, I, I just kind of, sometimes I wish I could see the world the way she does, which is just, not all the time, I would choose the times that she's happy and in, and wandered and enraptured rather than the times where she's stuck in the back of a car waiting to know if we get there. But uh, there was just something so joyful and, and uh, fulfilling about having a, like a young kid in your life that is, you kind of forget all of the exciting, weird, dumb stuff that happens during the day and to look at kids there, it's getting excited for you. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, Skylar Blue asks, when talking to smart devices, do you say please and thank you? I realized recently that I do that and I don't know why. Um, I often say thank you when it's done. I don't like to say thank you in the query. Um, Echo devices, you know, starting maybe in the past year, maybe a little more than that, started listening even when you don't prompt them after you say the first thing. Like, I don't know if if others have experienced this, but for for a while, Amazon had really ramped up. (laughs) I can talk about this now since I don't work there, but it really ramped up the calls where the echo, you would say like, hey, what's the temperature? And it'd be like, it's 74 degrees. By the way, I can also do this for you every single day if you just, like, it would do that all the time. It was super annoying. Um, So, I would say thank you, and it would still be listening, and that oh. was not good. And it'd be like, yeah. "You're welcome." Like, nope, this interaction was over when I said thank you. I yeah. kind of feel they're in a bit of a pickle with a pure voice interface because yeah. you can't surface anything, right? So this—that is not the answer. What they're doing for sure, I just don't know what it is. Um, I don't say please and thank you, but I use mostly Siri, mostly mm. exclusively Siri. And all I wanted to do is to be able to chain commands together, like what you're saying. Because half the time I'm like, okay, turn off bedroom lights or the uh the living room lights and turn on the bedroom lights mm-hmm. i'm sorry i can only do one thing at a time two separate commands yeah. you know <laughs> or like turn off the apple tv and like now nah, and then i gotta wait for it to happen and then reinitiate a new thing and by that point it is feels like executing commands on a terminal and yeah. i'd never type in thank you on the terminal <laughs> maybe have you ever tried maybe you should uh, if it was a little more conversational i would probably feel obliged to do that and uh, specifically in front of uh like if there was a kid around, I, I would try to model better behavior. Like I'm not going to yell at my computer type thing. I do find myself sometimes saying thank you to Siri uh, on the HomePod, but sometimes it's very passive aggressive. <laughs> it's more of like a <laughs> thank you. Like after the, usually after like yeah. the fourth time you tried to ask it to do something and it finally gets it right. So like I feel like yeah. I do say thank you, but also at the same time it's probably offset by the number of times i swear swear at siri for just right. like totally yeah. misunderstanding what i'm trying to ask it to do yeah i like lex's thing of not saying thank you as the initial command because if you think about it that's really if you did that to a human being it would be kind of insulting right like uh yeah get me my burger and a medium coke thank you like it feels it feels like you're not actually thanking them for the thing you're you're just 
it is just a figure of speech that you're kind of throwing out there because it's not sincere. They haven't actually delivered the goods to you yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm overthinking. Can I ask a corollary to this? Is there a way this came up in a discussion (laughs) in my household? If you do something for somebody else uh, and perhaps they don't think to say thank you because it's a thing they didn't recognize. I'm not getting in between you and Kat. You guys have it. (laughs) What I want to know is if somebody else says you're welcome for I did this thing, you're welcome. Is there a way to do that in a way that is not passive aggressive? Uh, <laughs> no need to thank me. Well, if, why? If this why became this became in, this, this became an actual conversation. It's like I'm not sure if there is a way to bring something well, to someone's you? attention for something like that they missed, right? Or you know, I don't I don't know that there's a way to do that without being passive aggressive. So here's my take on this one. I, I agree with Guy, which is very difficult for me to say when he said, "Why would you?" Because at one point, and yeah. I, I, I think Guy knows this well. I, I live my life based on the rulings of Judge John Hodgman, and somebody had asked him the question, <laughs> or he talked about on his show that he would sometimes like wait to put the tip in the jar at a you know a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. service yeah. counter until the person was looking. And I think we've all been guilty of that. Like you're waiting, like I'm not going to put this in until I want you to know that I'm putting my buck in. And he's like, and then I realized that's totally obnoxious. Like I don't need them to know that I'm doing. Like that's not the point. The point is that I think they did a good job, so I did the same for them. Like I'm, I can just do the nice thing, and I don't need to get their specific credit for it because the the job is to do the thing and i think that's the approach like if you did the nice thing and you can't come up with a way to say that won't sound potentially like that then you just do it and you don't have to say that's kind of my thought but yeah i understand there's some organizational stuff like i did the sheets i watched the sheets we've got to remember to put them on the bed like they're like status of dishes stuff that like is uh, you share chores as a family and updating somebody on the fact that one of them has been done so they don't need to worry about it cool uh, but I I agree with the Honorable Judge John Hodgman. Uh, yeah, it don't. It's it's for them, not for you. Like you didn't do it to get a pat on the head. So yeah, just let it go. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like you just lost that argument with Cat, and I'm sorry. But... <laughs> Actually, I think I won, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I think Cat we'll, lost oh, okay. from, based on okay. what I'm hearing from Dan. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do these last three rapid fire, so we have time for a bonus episode. Josh wants to know three items on your wish list for WWDC and VR AR headset is not an acceptable answer. Uh, three VR AR headsets. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, uh, iOS 17 revamp. Um, uh, uh, Mm, this is harder than I thought. I always want uh, unlimited emoji reactions in messages. Oh, yeah, tapbacks, improved tapbacks. Uh, deep linking in notes, like being able to link between notes. I actually really want that. Um, and um, I don't know, like something awesome. <laughs> Surprise uh, I, me. I also... Siri for a little bit was good at like if I was on a specific email or message and I could say remind me about this it could do that and it lost that ability I'd like that to come back <laughs> in a better way mm, okay I like that anything from you guy uh OS updates <laughs> you're uh, gonna be you're gonna be in luck <laughs> here's the thing no comment I <laughs> <laughs> well there's a rapid fire uh, I don't answer. I don't know I I really don't know like I, I don't want to step on anything that I Part of my magic is that I don't talk about stuff that I do know about. Okay. If you want to call it magic. So, but I, I honestly don't know what to expect from operating system updates. Uh, I would expect, um, I would like to see some more improvements to mail. I consistently use mail. I don't know why. I think I am in the shrinking portion of the uh, developer experience these days. Messages could always use a little bit of love. Stage managers bust, and they need to fix it. 
I don't know how because I think they're in a weird spot. <laughs> it's a good call, though. What works and how it should work. Uh, and now people have got like a year's worth of <laughs> whatever weird voodoo they need to get into their minds to understand what the actual hell is happening with that. If they change it, now they're going to have to go through that whole thing again. So I don't know, but uh, changes to stage manager would be great. Good one. Uh, two two last quick ones. Jay writes, we have reached the anniversary of uh, Jay's asking Lex to unblock him. But thanks to Elon, we have all left Twitter for Mastodon, where I am free to follow Lex for the time being. Since that is not a question, here's one. What's your go-to LaCroix or equivalent sparkling water flavor? Uh, I am team lime or lemon lime. Uh, those are both good. Orange vanilla. Mine has to be uh, block me, which is just... <laughs> <laughs> I also got the slack. It's a refreshing today. flavor of like, thanks for reminding me to block you again. About don't, considering don't, whether to unblock you. I'm just joking. Uh, yeah. And then finally, ifix.cz said, I had nothing new to listen to, so I went to old episodes of Turning This Car Around, starting from the seventh episode, which aired February wow. 2014. The first six don't appear in Apple Podcasts, and I was huh. quite pleased with how well it holds up. It certainly is a valuable listen for any parents, probably because it's not about technology, am I right? Do you have any current stats on it? Do you remember any of it? What about those 15-minute interactive ads for day one, and do you still use day one? Is there such a thing as a podcast re-release? I LOL'd last night during episode 13, where Molt says, future people, we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> i remember uh many things about that show and have forgotten many more things about that show uh i do not look at the stats on it although they are available it is small <laughs> it, is, it is not well listened to anymore given that we as our kids got older we all kind of made the decision it's harder to talk about your kids when they're teens without their buy-in and whatnot and they're going through much more kind of i guess adult type questions and yeah life stuff so it, it kind of it it rounded out but i appreciate that you're still enjoying it Fix. Yeah, I listened to a couple of them and they're funny. I didn't have any kids in my life at the time. But uh, yeah, they're funny. And guess what? Kids are kids. So yeah, it's going to be timeless. Uh, well, maybe not timeless because <laughs> the environment changes, right? There's all internet BS. Like everything's different. But, not me. Yeah. I'm perfect from day one. <laughs> Wait, is that an ad for day one? Ding! <laughs> <laughs> so now you're, you're just <laughs> you're podcasting yourself, singing your baby to sleep? Uh, yep, that's right. Uh, I'm I'm the perfect dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the perfect dad. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now that's how you end an episode. 